Welcome, my friends, to the That's Ball Folks podcast. I'm your host, Josh Reynolds. This is episode 50, and it is all about your Philadelphia 76ers and how much fun they are and how they're 6-1 and one for just the second time in 20 years, first in the East. They're unbelievable. I was supposed to record this episode earlier in the week, uh, but I decided to wait because... This game against the Boston Celtics that happened last night was the game that I think everybody had circled on their calendar. It was almost as if, oh, cool, the Sixers are winning games, but can they actually beat good teams? And they did. And I want to talk about it. I am over the moon. I don't have enough good things to say. And I'm going to do so in the next 15, 20 minutes. I'm just going to ramble on. I'm going to read some of your guys' comments uh, that you hit me up with on Twitter last night. I just, uh, again, I don't have enough words, so let's dive right into it. And we'll talk about, not my words to start, but we'll talk about some uh, some very credible reporters, analysts, and what they think about the Sixers. Tim Legler said that he is more bought into this Sixers team than he's ever been, especially over the last two years. Michael Wilbon says trading James Harden will be the best thing that could ever happen to Tyrese Maxey and the Sixers, and that he's all in on them. Our guy, Kendrick Perkins, also says he's more in on the Sixers this year than he's ever been. And I don't blame any one of them. Now, again, the last minute or so of the game last night, yeah, brought up some little PTSD flashback moments, but they got the win, and that is all that matters. They beat the Celtics, as I mentioned. They're first in the East, and man, oh man, this team is just playing different basketball under Nick Nurse. But we're going to break down the whole thing. Before I do so, I just want to say uh, one little one little thing I'm sick of, and I think I can speak for a lot of you listening, and that's Al Horford. I hate, and I, I hate the dude, period, but I hate that that dude is borderline unplayable against every single team in the NBA, but the second he plays against the Sixers, he's lights out. Besides last night, he was terrible. He was really, really bad, and that made me really happy. I love that every year Embiid gets better and better against him because, let's be honest, he was, I don't want to say an Embiid stopper, uh, but Embiid struggles against some certain big guys, and I think that Al Horford is one of them. Steven Adams is another one, uh, but that's not the case anymore, and man, that makes me happy. Every single offseason that goes by, I honestly think that Horford's just going to kind of fade out and that I won't have to worry about him. And I forget how much I hate him every year. And then I see him again, and it just drives me nuts. He's the absolute worst. And judging by all the boos at Wells Fargo Center last night, I'm not alone. And that makes me happy. Another dude I hate is Sam Hauser. (laughs) It seems like a stray that he's catching. He's just a typical Boston player. I don't know. I hate him. I hate them all. They drive me nuts. And speaking of Boston players... Let's talk for a second about the highest paid player in NBA history. I tweeted this last night, so if you saw it, uh, it's going to sound much of the same. Jalen Brown had 11 points on 13 shots. Look, I understand why he got the contract he did. You, They had to pay him. Their hands were kind of tied. They had to pay him or they were going to lose him. I get that. But the fact of the matter is, is he still has the richest contract in NBA history. I think it is, million dollars. There is no excuse for that. None. I saw a stat last night after the game that absolutely blew my mind, and I want to talk about it. My guy, Josh Eberle, he tweeted this. Over the last five years, Jalen Brown's true shooting percentage is 58, and Tobias Harris's true shooting percentage is 58.1. 
How about that? Now, we've all heard about Tobias Harris. We all know and have our own feelings about him as a player. But why is no one talking about this? Truly. Why does Jalen Brown get the pass? Why? Is Tobias Harris the highest paid player ever? Has the, has the richest contract in NBA history? No. Jalen Brown does. Why does he get the pass? It's insane. For heaven's sake, the guy can't even dribble with his left hand. We, we've all seen the highlights. We all saw the video from practice this year. I just think that this needs to be talked about more. And if this cause needs somebody to push it forward, I will happily be the one to do so. He had two buckets with like a minute left. Otherwise, he legit would have ended up with six points. It's nonsense, and it drives me nuts. People need to talk about that more. I'm sick of Jalen Brown being talked about as the superstar when he isn't. Cool, he was all NBA last year. It Honestly, this sounds funny. I had somebody uh, on Twitter actually bring this up. It might That might be the best thing that could have happened to the Sixers was Jalen Brown being forced to handcuff the Celtics and dish out this terrible contract. Can you even imagine if this dude played in Philly? Imagine that. Imagine if Tobias Harris... No, actually, no. We're not even going to do that because we're going to talk about Tobias in a much positive, more positive light here in a second. But imagine if we had the highest paid player in NBA history contract-wise and he put up 11 points against a rival. If that happened in Philly, that would not fly in Philly. Absolutely not. And honestly, I'm shocked that it's flying in Boston. Nobody talks about it. Needs to be talked about more. I'm happy to be the one to do so. Now, I mentioned this. I don't want to bring up Tobias Harris in a negative light. I actually want to do the complete opposite because he is off to a fantastic start to the season. I don't know if it's because James Harden is gone. I don't know if it's because he's playing for Nick Nurse now. I don't know if it was Doc Rivers holding him back and using him wrong. But Tobias Harris is balling out seven games into the season. He's efficient. The buckets are easy. Nothing's forced. He doesn't feel out of place. You know, I, I can't be the only one who looked at him the last couple seasons and it just felt like he was lost. It felt like he wasn't really sure where he fit in, where, where he fit into the offense, where he fit into the team. That's not happening. Everything is just coming naturally. It's a joy to watch. He's getting to his spots. He's shooting the ball well. He's making the right reads. He's pump faking when he should. The dude's averaging 19.7 points per game, six rebounds a game, three dimes a game. He's shooting 10th best in the league at 63.2% from the field. I am loving me some Tobias Harris. I am giving him his flowers. I am giving him his props. I think all of Philly needs to do the same. I'm just loving the Sixers period, man. Top to bottom. All the props in the, in the entire world of this entire squad. Nick Nurse won for choosing the Sixers over the Bucks, For running an offense that works. Getting players to buy in. How about shout out to Daryl Morey for getting pieces and picks for James Harden. Not only just pieces though from trades. Which I love by the way. Nick Batum. Unbelievable. If his finger isn't hammered and he can keep shooting lights out. By the way, when I saw his finger slam against the uh, backboard at the end of the first half, my first thought was, uh, of course, of course this happened. I tweeted it out uh, when I found out that he was coming back out for the second half. Um, but he legit started his Sixers career off just shooting the ball way too well. And the basketball gods were like, yeah, no more of that. That can't happen in Philly. 
we're going to break your finger. <laughs> but the dude's a badass and apparently loves hockey and is tough as hell, and he came right back out. But not just the pieces of Covington and Batum. We haven't really seen Morris or Martin, but not just those guys, but how about the free agent signings? We talked about Kelly Oubre Jr. a lot last episode. I love him. How about Patrick Beverly? I absolutely love him. And I think the guy that needs the most credit for buying in, and that is Joel Embiid. Do you know how easy it would have been for the reigning MVP to be a little hesitant with a new coach and a new roster turnover again? There's no hesitancy. There's none of that. Embiid hasn't had a bad body language game all season. He's passing better than he ever has. He's getting more help than he ever has. He has teammates who are actually cutting and making the right decisions and movements on offense. He's scoring as easy of buckets as he ever has. What's funny is I thought that Honestly, it was going to be more laid back on offense this season. We talked about this last week as well because Nick Nurse was like, yeah, we need him way more on the defensive end, which, by the way, we've seen. But the offense is just coming so easy to him. He is dominating. I mean, you look at his stat line against the Wizards the other night and you just shake your head because what we saw was unbelievable. He had 29 points in the uh, third quarter, rather, alone. He didn't end up playing the fourth quarter at all because why would he? They were absolutely dominating. I wonder if the dude could have got up to 60. He ended with 49 points, played unbelievable, did it extremely efficiently. Again, it was one of those games where you just watch it and you're like, uh, this is the most dominant player in the NBA. Uh, 48 points, rather, not 49. And just doing whatever he wants, especially that third quarter. It, it's, it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous to watch. He's amazing. And again, you have to give him his props for buying in and buying in early and actually understanding the thought process of what the Sixers are doing, being in on it with Daryl Morey in the front office from the entire time and just rolling with it and actually loving it. He said after the game against Boston, his quote was, hey, there's no egos on this team. The guys like each other. They want to be around each other. Was that a shot uh, at Harden? I don't know. Or was he just speaking facts? Because that's exactly what it is. I don't know, man. I just absolutely love what I'm seeing from Joel Embiid. It is something, again, we know he's dominant. We know he's the reigning MVP. We understand all of that. But seeing what he is doing this early in in the season is just insane. He's averaging 32.5 points a game, 11 rebounds a game. And as I mentioned earlier, he's passing the ball well. He's tied for 20th in the entire league uh, for assists with six a game. It's unbelievable. I don't know. I just uh, props to Joel for buying in and rolling because obviously the team goes as he goes and I absolutely love it. Now we can keep talking about him, but how about his chemistry and his two man game with Maxi? It's off the charts. We talked about it last week and just about how we compared it to JJ Redick and Seth Curry and just their two man game and how this has the potential to just blow it out of the water. It's already happening. In the history of the NBA, there have only been two duos to average 25 points, five rebounds, five assists a game, seven games into the season. In 2018-2019 season, it was Kevin Durant and, and Steph Curry. And how about this? It's this year. The second one is this year with Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid. Maxey has been outstanding. Not just scoring the ball, though, like we all expected or hoped that he would make another leap. But he is dishing the ball extremely well. 
He's taking care of the ball extremely well. The other night, what? He had like 11, uh, it was a career high, 11 assists and no turnovers. It's unbelievable. He's taking care of the ball, but also he's playing defense. Did anybody see that clip uh, or just watch the game last night where he had a chase down block on Drew Holiday? I can't say it enough. I just, I don't have enough good words to say about this Sixers team. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I am a total homer, but I am 100% bought in. I said it again last week. I'm just reiterating it now. We beat the shitty teams. Excuse my language. I'm just very passionate. We beat the bad teams. Now we're beating the Celtics. Who, by the way, let's talk about this for a second. They made a lot of moves this offseason. Obviously getting Porzingis, getting Drew Holiday. They shook up their roster a little bit. Uh, I know we've only played them once, but they scare me way less this year than they have in the past. I can't be alone there. Obviously, they have guys who in Drew Holiday who've won. He knows what it takes. He knows what it's like. He is a part of a championship team. I get that. I respect that. I think that's going to honestly fare really well for them in the playoffs because we don't have anybody like that. But I just, they don't scare me. Porzingis has never scared me. And losing Robert Williams, and now when they play against the Sixers and when they play against the Bucks, their defensive strategy was strange right out of the gate. They put Drew Holiday on Joel Embiid, and I understood why they did it because they were just trying to get him to speed up, and Drew Holiday's a fantastic defender. I get all of that. But at the end of the day, Joel was like, oh, get me the ball. He's way smaller than me. I'm going to score. And Porzingis is the one coming off the help side. And that's not going to work either. Porzingis is a big body, but he has absolutely zero chance of stopping Joel Embiid. And we saw it last night perfectly. Al Horford is too, he's getting too old. The, the whole Joel stopper, slower down, mm-mm, it's not happening. Defensively, they are going to struggle big time, similar to the Milwaukee Bucks. Defensively, they're absolutely horrid. But I, I don't know. They don't scare me as bad as they have in the past. And boy, oh boy, does that feel good to say as a Sixers fan. It's the best. I don't know. It's the best. But I love it. Again, the Sixers just looking great seven games into the season. We're going to see a couple uh, in-season tournament games here coming up soon, and we'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, Just about what the in-season tournament actually is because I got so many questions about that. Um, So I'm actually kind of excited to dive into it a little bit, and I can answer those because it is a little confusing. And there were even NBA players who still didn't know what the hell was going on. But anyway, uh, their next few games that the Sixers have is a in-season tournament play, but it's in Detroit. That's coming up on Friday, and then the Sixers go back-to-back games, Sunday and Tuesday against the Pacers, which will be fun. That second one being a home game, in-season tournament group play game before the Celtics uh, Celtics come right back into Philly, which is really weird. Uh, The schedulers who set this up did a very weird job at having boston come to philly two times early on in the season like a week apart i think that's super weird anyway if look so many philly fans jumped off the sixers bandwagon and rightfully so right they've showed us year after year after year what they're capable of our hopes get up to an all-time high and then they just lay an egg i get it i really do but if you have spent even 30 minutes watching this year's Sixers team play, you have to throw all of that out the window because what we're seeing is so much different than what we've seen in previous years. 
Again, all those reasons I just went through. Nick Nurse, these Nick Nurse Sixers are different. And if you haven't jumped back on the bandwagon yet, I highly encourage you to do so. You don't even have to apologize. You don't have to admit you're wrong. Don't care. Come right back on. You will be welcomed with open arms. I'm not kidding. I'm going to tweet something out actually uh, when this comes out, just saying that exact thing. Again, it's Philly. I understand. There's few people on Twitter who even replied to all my tweets. Uh, look, I know I'm a homer. I know I'm outrageously positive. I get all of that. And I've got a couple people who reply who are just like, yeah, I know what the Sixers do. I, I'm, I'm not buying in. I'm not buying in. All I encourage you to do is watch this team play, and you will see what I am talking about. This is not your same Sixers. They are different. They are fun. They are deep as hell, which is insane to even say. They went from having no wings to all of a sudden you've got maybe, realistically, you have 13 guys who can go out there and play. That's insane. I don't know. Give them one chance. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Jump right back on this bandwagon. I feel just unbelievably good about this season. And the best part is, I don't think Daryl's done. I think that there's going to be a, and when I say Daryl, I mean Daryl Morey. I don't think that they're, that this roster as constructed is going to be the roster for the rest of the season. I, I, I just, I don't. And to even think that there is maybe another piece uh, maybe a third star after Embiid and Maxi that can be added to this, added to the rotation. Man, again, get back on now because, boy, oh, boy, we're taking this thing to the moon, and I want you to be a part of it with me. Let's go. Before we talk about the in-season tournament and move on to a couple other things uh, NBA-related, I wanted to read some of your guys' thoughts. Again, on Twitter last night, I asked, hey, give me your best takes. I'm recording the craziest Homer episode of Sixers basketball that you can possibly imagine. Let me hear your takes. And I want to read you some because some are really good. And we're going to start with this. Philly Colin Cowherd, my guy Brett Hauser says, give Tobias Harris a max extension. Look, it's hard to argue. I know you're joking, but he is playing so well these first seven games. It makes me happy. Uh, we've got Joel and better who says Nick nurse is the best thing to happen to this team since Sam Hinky left. That's fun. RIP Hinky Philly Mike says the players win and lose the games for sure but the first 10 percent of the season show what the difference in coaching makes vibes are extremely high couldn't agree more nick nurse leading us to the promised land uh my guy mike zuowski love that says covington huge minutes down the stretch he really did he hit a big three and obviously does what he does at this stage in his career just playing good defense love that uh, my friend Jenny Kratz says, I'm begging any self-respecting Kansas Athletics Jayhawks basketball fan to immediately get on the Sixers bandwagon now. Look, you've got Kelly Oubre Jr., you've got Joel Embiid. If you're a Kansas fan, what are you waiting for? This is the perfect team to jump on. Do it. Absolutely do it. Uh, Ryan Lawler says... Everyone is going to point to the coaching and sure nurse is a huge upgrade over doc, but the fact that the team can move with pace and pass the ball around without hard monopolizing the shot clock, every possession is what stands out to me. I, again, I, it's tough not to agree with you. It's only been what seven games without him, but already big, big improvements, big differences there. Uh, I see it. My guy, big boy gaming says one Nick nurse made an instant impact to our culture true two maxi with the green light to take 20 plus shots a night is efficient and fun to watch also true three Ubre is an instant bucket 
Couldn't agree more. You've heard my thoughts on that. We've needed a dude like that for a long time. Four, Embiid is playing team basketball to win. Couldn't agree more. An extra, Maury took a lot of heat this offseason and deserves some credit. He really does. I just went on a rant about it. Maury deserves a lot of credit, especially after getting a lot of crap from a lot of Sixers fans. Uh, Stevie Reppert, he says, watching them fellow... Uh, I'm sorry, watching them follow and execute actual game plan is refreshing and contributions from almost every role player to boot. The old Sixers tried to creep back in at the end there and they pulled it out. Vibes are good right now. Yep. We talked about the ending of the game. Uh, it was a little hairy and it did bring back some awful memories, but they got the win. That's all that matters. Nick Sneller says, I love Nick Nurse. Never thought I'd see these players playing beautiful basketball on both ends of the court. Couldn't agree with you more, Nick. Uh, Mike Butts, awesome, uh, says they are playing like a team, and you haven't been able to say that in a long while. Meanwhile, in Brooklyn tonight, James Harden's throwing passes to Ian Eagle. <laughs> Problem, uh, by the way, if you haven't seen that, that was that little segment of the Clippers game that I referenced uh, where Harden just airmailed one, and it went right to the commentator's hands, and it was pretty funny. So look it up if you haven't seen it. Let's keep going. Freddie Burns says, love players crashing to the net on fast breaks instead of sitting out waiting for a three kick out. Take the damn easy two. Unless you're our guy, we love him to death, unless you're DeAnthony Melton, who is struggling so bad to start the season and still can't finish uh, on a fast break, which is which is tough. Um, Ryan Gebb says, I held my breath all offseason for the Ubre signing. When it was us for the minimum, I was excited. Watching him in action on this team, I'm ecstatic. Again, you know my thoughts. Couldn't agree more. Big says, I love the off-ball movement. Agreed. Dan Horn says that that nurse is light years ahead of Doc in terms of coaching. Again, hard to argue that. Uh, Patricia says, Nick Nurse has pulled this team together with the changes in players and hardened situations uh, so well so far. Hope it improves and continues. John Maloney says, the Sixers team is actually really fun. After the Phillies loss, I was good on getting invested right away with the Sixers, but I'll be damned. Here we are watching the Sixers in November. Let's go. I love it. My guy Tyrell Davis says, I love how Pat Bev is pushing everyone to step up on the defensive end. I'm super impressed because it's letting Sixers fans know that talk was the real reason we couldn't get over the hump. We always had the pieces, but not the coaching. Go Sixers. Again, I love hearing that. It makes me very, very happy. That, those are the best. That was the biggest highlight. I love it. I love everybody's thoughts. Again, these are these are Sixers fans who are back on the bandwagon. Some of them were reluctant. I think everybody was a little hesitant at first. I said it before. I'll say it again now. If you haven't yet, watch these guys play and come on aboard. We will take you with open arms. Let's go. Okay, friends, time out for a minute because I want to chat about Griffles Plasma and also about how plasma makes medicines and how every donation you give with Griffles Plasma, it can be used to make up to five different medicines. Now, while there are lots of different plasma medicines used to treat a lot of patients for life-threatening injuries and illnesses, the point is that each time you donate, your plasma can be used to help save lives. Each time, that is huge. Multiply that by the number of times you give plasma, yep, you got it, even more huge. Kind of like Allen Iverson leading the 2001 Sixers to the NBA Finals all by himself. 
So shout out Griffles Plasma and all their teams across the country. Plasma makes medicines, and a lot of people depend on these medicines. Donate plasma and receive compensation for your efforts today. You can find a center near you at grifflesplasma.com. Tell them Josh sent you. This advertisement is a paid promotion. I want to tell you about the easiest way to get some action on the NBA. It's Underdog Fantasy and their Pick'em game. Just pick over or under on your favorite or least favorite player's stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can also pick from Rivals, which pits two players against each other for a head-to-head matchup. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use the code TBF24, that's TBF24, and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Underdog Fantasy, the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Are you a slave to the can? Why don't you grow up and maybe join CEDA, Can Energy Drinkers Anonymous. At Buffed Energy, our energy is literally too powerful for a can. It also includes ingredients that can't sit around in water for months, let alone a day. Our proprietary blend of organic mushrooms combined with nootropics and caffeine will give you the boost you love from energy drinks and the focus you desire when you ask your friends if you can get some Adderall from them. I literally drank one before setting my underdog fantasy lineup tonight for Monday Night Football, and guess who hit two pick'em slips? You're damn right. Go Birds. Buffed Energy, destroying energy drinks one can at a time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Calling all golfers. Do you have a problem three-putting? If you said no, you're either in complete denial or you're just a straight-up liar. Jokes aside, and in all reality, who doesn't? It's inevitable. We're all three-putters. Well, let me introduce you to a new lifestyle brand for golf that is made for us. The Three-Putt Golf Company. Golf gear that meets the average golfer where they are, but looks like a professional brand. The first drop sold out in hours, but more are coming. Keep an eye out for the drop, discounts for That's Ball Folks listeners, giveaways, and more. Three-Putt Golf Company. Everybody three-putts look good doing it. Are you sick of spending time caring for your lawn? Have you spent too much time mowing it or even just keeping it alive? You tired of wasting resources and money watering it? If you are like me, the answer is yes to all of those. You should consider artificial grass. Beehive Turf out of northern Utah will transform your yard into looking beautiful all year round. Check out Beehive Turf on Instagram. Give them a call today for a free quote. Beehive Turf, 
take the sting out of caring for your lawn. So let's talk about this in-season tournament because I've got a lot of questions uh, from a lot of different people. And as I mentioned, even players didn't know really what was going on. So let's just break it down. This is as simple and easy as we can possibly get. All 30 teams are split into six groups by their last season records. That explains those groups. Each team plays four games, two at home, two on the road against the other teams in their groups. The top team from each group and two additional teams with the next best records move on to the single game elimination rounds. This includes quarterfinals, semifinals, and a championship game. All of these will be held in Vegas, meaning those finals games. They're playing for a trophy. Players get some cash. All the games count for the normal season record, except for the championship game. It's a fun idea. That's what's happening. I just don't think that there was a good explanation of it right off the bat. And look, I'll be honest. I don't love that they're just playing A for a trophy that all of a sudden we're supposed to care about as fans and cash for the players. The players aren't motivated by this. Unless you're on like a rookie minimum deal, no one cares about this extra money. So I started thinking and I threw out a couple feelers and I saw a couple things on Twitter that I really liked and they are different options and different ideas for what they could be playing for. The first one came from Tyrese Halliburton. He said he thinks the winner of the in-season tournament should get an automatic playoff bid. His quote, I think the greatest incentive for everybody to do it would be an automatic playoff bid. If it was a playoff spot, I think everyone would take it very, very serious, right? I think the older teams would take it serious. It's hard to argue against that logic, but here's the only pushback I get, right? The bad teams aren't going to have a good chance. You think the Pistons have a real chance at going and winning this mid-season tournament? Again, maybe they do, but if you're a team like the Lakers, if you can bust your ass and end up winning this midseason tournament, then you have some injuries. You've got some older guys where you have Mr. Glass and Anthony Davis who goes down like he already did, and you can lock up a playoff spot. That's huge. I like that idea. I still think that there's some flaws there, but I liked it. The other one from Trista Crick. She said, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Winner of the in-season tournament should get the fifth pick in this year's draft or that year's draft. Imagine how teams with no draft capital would ball out. Again, another fun thought. I like that. Is fifth pick a little too high? I don't know, but it's still in that lottery range. Again, I like both of these ideas. I like the idea of an in-season tournament. I think that it's a it's a good thought. I understand trying to copy soccer and bring it over here and drum up some more attention and just get people excited. I get all that. I just don't know about the execution. And I think obviously it's just going to improve the more and more that we see it. This is year one, so who knows? Look, could you play for home court maybe in the playoffs? I don't know. I don't know. But hopefully that answers uh, some of your guys' questions on what on earth this tournament is. Um but I'm not kidding. Before it legitimately started, all I knew that there was crazy courts and that each team was in it. And I don't still quite understand why it's happening so early on in the season. I think the championship is like early December. I don't know. Six games into the season, though, and all of a sudden we're seeing these crazy courts. It seemed a little weird. I was I was very confused. And clearly it sounded like the players were confused as well. I think Dame was one of them. Who's just like, yeah, I'm not quite sure. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, hopefully that answered that, and uh, we've got a Sixers, a couple of Sixers in season tournament games coming up here soon. So we'll check it out. I want to end with this. 
just some little going around the league real fast. The things that have surprised me this point of the season and things that have bummed me out this point of the season. And let's start with surprises. The first one being the Minnesota Timberwolves. They are for real. We knew that Anthony Edwards was awesome. He remains awesome. But the rest of their team is coming into shape. Rudy Gobert, he's finding his footing. He's finding his role with the team. Carl Anthony Towns, he's been up and down these seven games. That's what's scary. Imagine when he does figure it out. They're currently sitting at 5-2. and two. They're third in the West, and they're playing some fun basketball and some good defensive basketball between Rudy and McDaniels. They're awesome. They also wore their new City Edition unis last night. Those are the throwback ones that look like the early Kevin Garnett days, and they're beautiful. Really liking the Minnesota Timberwolves to this point in the season. The next one, the biggest surprise for me, I don't know about a surprise. Uh, I guess you could say a surprise of how well he's doing is Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He's amazing. He's got Oklahoma City sitting at 5-3, and three, but he's putting up unbelievable numbers. Scoring, yes, averaging 26 a game, but he's also averaging seven boards, almost seven assists. Last night against Cleveland, he put up 43-7-6 with a block and two steals and a win. OKC, okay, they're awesome. OKC is awesome. They're young as hell. Chet finding his way. Josh Giddy just kind of struggling to figure it out uh, so far into the season. I'm not worried about it at all. I love OKC. Led by SGA, he is the man. The next surprise, Cam Thomas of the Brooklyn Nets. He got hurt last night. He rolled his ankle pretty bad, took him out of the game. But before that, the two games before that, Man, oh man, that dude is getting some buckets. He's averaging 29 points a game. He had 45 against the Bucks, 27 against the Celtics. But look, we all knew he could score. We saw it last year. The question still remains. Can he score? Can he put up this many shots and the Nets still win games? That's yet to be seen. Those two games that they lost, or uh, I'm sorry, against the Bucks and the Celtics, they lost those. So he gets hurt last night, and guess what? The Nets end up coming back and winning. Is he a chucker? I don't know. Can he produce for a team that actually helps win games? We'll see. But from a straight-up hoop standpoint, if you like buckets, man, it's fun to watch. That dude gets them and gets a lot of them. And the last thing is Tyrese Halliburton. The Pacers are one of the funnest teams in the entire league. Currently sitting fourth in the East, he's averaging 24 points a game, four boards, and 12 assists. That's first in the league. He is awesome. Last night against Utah, he had 16-6 and 13 dimes and a win. Talk, I say this all the time. I talk about it all the time. His shooting form is just the best. It is hilarious. But that aside, I love the way that Halliburton plays. I think he is a joy to watch. He's a joy to listen to. He hasn't been on in a bit on JJ Reddick's podcast. I love him. I love the Pacers. I think they're playing some fun basketball. And let's end with this. And that's the people who and the teams that have bummed me out. The first one, how about the Clippers with Harden? They're 0-2 in the two games that he's played. My buddy Riker <laughs> last night said, well, you can't really blame the Clippers. They've got to learn a whole new system first, so they can't really win games until they do that. That made me laugh. That was pretty funny. And obviously that stems back to James Harden's line of, I am a system, and I am a system Harden. He had 17 in his first game, 12 last night. He was a team-worst minus 18 on Monday and a team-worst minus 15 last night. He had one of the weirdest series of plays. We talked about it earlier where he chucked the ball out of bounds to Ian Eagle, uh, the commentator, that it honestly made me cringe. It was so hard to watch. Just bad turnovers. And again, do I think they'll figure it out? It's two games in. 
They have way too much talent not to. But two games in, it feels weird. And they lost to the Knicks and the Nets. I don't know. But, again, a bummer or not a bummer. I'm trying to look at this from not a Philly Homer perspective. Uh, but let's look at this from a Philly Homer perspective. And the other things that bum me out are the Sixers bench pieces from last year in their new roles. Let's take a quick little trip around the league. How about George Niang in Cleveland? He's averaging six points a game, five boards, one assist. He's shooting 28% from the field, 26% from three, all in 18 minutes. Mm, that is not good. How about McDaniels in Toronto? He's averaging 0.8, 0.8. Not a whole point per game, a rebound per game, and 0.7 assists per game. He's shooting 14% from the field, all in nine minutes a game. Mm, That's not good. And how about Shake Milton in Minnesota? Four points a game, one board a game, one dime a game, 33% from the field in 15 minutes per game. That's not good either. That bums me out. I like those dudes. But again... Seeing this, I know it's early. I I expect those numbers, especially Niang's numbers, to go up because he's actually getting more minutes. He's playing about 18 a game. Injuries will happen, so these dudes will get more playing time. But looking at it from our side, meaning Philly's side, Maury let these guys go. And what if it really, really paid off? Because, again, you heard all my thoughts on the guys we brought in and how well they're doing now. Uh, what if these guys are just declining? What if it was Foles gold? Could be. I don't know. But that's bumming me out. Each one of those three guys, those uh, those are terrible stat lines. But props to Maury. Maybe let him go at the right time. That's all I got. Again, I just am pumped out of my mind. Clearly, I've said it a hundred times, sound like a broken record. I could not be more in and more excited about the Sixers team. Just... Uh, unbelievably excited. Sorry, I keep saying that. I just what a, what a time! What a time to be a Sixers fan. We deserve this, damn it. We do. We deserve it. If you haven't already, feel free like, subscribe, review. Give me the whole one star, five star thing. Um, I say it every week, but I thank you so much. I love doing this. Absolutely love doing this. Actually, recording this episode from the lovely city of San Jose, California. Uh, here for work, the poor Sharks beat the Flyers, uh, got their first win of the season. That just happened, uh, which is a, a bummer for Flyers fans, but not a bummer for me as a Devils fan. Anyway, we'll leave that uh, We'll leave that to the side. I love you all. I hope you have a fantastic week. Hit me up on Twitter. Let's, let's get back on the Sixers bandwagon together. Uh, I just, I love it. What a time. What a time to be alive. What a time to be a Sixers fan. Love you all. Have a great week. And uh, that's all, folks.